When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What do you guys think first and foremost? Um, again, the question is, uh, Keel, I have finished some testing. I'm unhappy with one of the 12, 12 years tested, but when I reduce risk to 1% per trade instead of 2%, I am happy with it. I kind of feel like it's cheating by just reducing risk to squeeze into what I'm comfortable with. What is your take on that? Nicholas says, says well, was it only one pair or one year with your entire portfolio? Well, well, well. One instrument. You're what? Are you? You're not NASDAQ, are you, Naomi? Are you NASDAQ? Oh, that's one of them. Okay. Uh, Richard says, in my mind, isn't that the strategy? Adapting? Isn't that a good thing? Bobby says... If it works for you and you're happy, then it's all good, baby, baby. Quan says, I think if she makes the reduction in risk as part of her plan, then it's not cheating. Oh, coach's answer. The coach's answer. I would I would say this. I agree with, um, who said it earlier? Um, I agree with Richard. It's not cheating. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be doing exactly that. That's that's the whole key behind risk management and position sizing is to use a position size that works for you, right? We we talk about this a lot, right? So we, we there, there, there's two ends to an equity curve, right? There is the amount of profit you can make and the amount of drawdown that it takes to make that profit. Would you guys agree? Those are the two ends of an equity curve. How much profit you make, hopefully what you're trading is profitable, obviously, and then how much drawdown it takes to make that profit. And typically they're they're pretty correlated, right? If you make more profit, right, if you're more aggressive, if you have a profitable system, the more aggressive you are with your, your risk, the percentage that you're trading, your position size, the more profit you're going to make. At the same time, right, the, the bigger your drawdown is going to be simply by the pure fact that you're trading bigger. Right. Losses are going to be bigger. Winners are going to be bigger. If you have a positive expectancy, right, the winners being bigger will eventually outweigh the losses being bigger. Um, But at the same time, we want to stay within certain risk parameters because we want to eliminate the, the chances of us going into a bad drawdown or ever going broke. So. An easy fix. And, and, and I think too many people flock towards 
adding another filter or doing this or doing that. One of the easiest fixes out there, and I don't mean easy in a negative sense, but um, easy as far as it can make a big difference is is reducing your your position size or reducing or increasing your position size, depending on what it is. And really when you dig into the money management spreadsheet or, or you know whatever you're doing for your position sizing, that's the, that's the game that you want to play. You want to see how can I maximize my profit while staying within my my uh, my drawdown. I wish I had. Let, let me let me. Uh, I always lose this thing. I have no idea where it's at. Um, let me see. Do I have a big equity curve I can show you? Um, I always have a spreadsheet around where I do my kind of because it has a bunch of data in it, so it shows you kind of the the big differences over years. Nope, that's eleven weeks. Um, let me see if I have one for you. Um, yeah, but I, I don't I don't see anything wrong with that at all. Tier one trading, forex, forex. Anyway, we'll just talk there. But that's the game that you want to play. The game that you want to play is if you if you're unhappy with your drawdown, right? If you're unhappy with your drawdown. One of the fixes that you can do is decrease your position sizing. Now, understand that when you decrease your position size to help put you within that, that, that area of drawdown that you prefer, what's the other effect that's going to come with that? What's the, what's the sacrifice that you're going to take with that? Yeah, it's going to decrease your potential return. So the ultimate question is, are, are, you, are you comfortable with it? Are you comfortable with it? So here's a, here's a good example right here. I think this is it. If not, we're going to use it because it has a good, I think it has a good enough data on it. Like so, uh, all right, so 158 weeks of data, right? So let's take a look at this. Um, and you can just look at, look at the differences over it. And this is a little bit different because it's not... Uh, it's not percentage wise, but it's very similar to the delta, right? So if I take my delta here, which is my multiplier, if you can imagine, on an equity curve, right? And I decrease that delta to something very, very conservative. It basically means that I'm not changing my position size as much. And what happens, right? I get a very even equity curve, right? But my drawdowns are pretty low, right? 1% drawdown, 1%, 0, 0, 0. There's a 3% drawdown, right? There's no really big drawdowns in here, right? But also my profitability really doesn't change at all from if I weren't using a money management strategy, right? 62% on the left, which is no money management strategy, 62% on the right. Now, if I get more aggressive and I split that delta in half, well, look what happens. My return on investment goes from 62% to 75%. You guys see that difference? I've just made a 13% increase, but what's gonna happen? What's my sacrifice, right? That 3% drawdown, oh look, that becomes a 6% drawdown, right? That other one becomes, uh, was another one in here? I think there was another one. All right, that was the only bad one. Sorry guys, I'm pretty, I'm pretty consistent in my trading. I apologize, I wish I wasn't this good so I can show you a better example, but I just don't take losses like that, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> Although, this, despite me saying that, you guys are seeing a massive amount of red weeks. Um, but again, the key to my trading is I keep my drawdowns very, very small. Um, except for that one year where I took a 17% hit in the first six weeks of trading. But let's say I, I reduce this even more to something ridiculously aggressive, right? Now, all of a sudden, here it goes, right? I went from a 62% return on investment to what? 441. Take, take a second and let that marinate. Four. You got to do it in that voice too when you say it because it's so amazing. Like you can't believe it. 441%. I'm not even good enough with math to tell you what I increased it by. What's that like? 300%? Something like that? Ridiculous. But there's a give, right? I took, but there's a give. That 6% drawdown was the biggest one. Now it's a 21% drawdown. Now that other drawdown, now there's a fiver, there's a niner in there, right? There's a 10% one in there. Now again, I'm not saying these are awful, the 21% drawdown per week. That's a weekly drawdown. That, that would be horrible. I wouldn't do that. Um, but relative to the percentage, the 440% return, it's not that bad. So the question is, you got to, you got to feel it out based on what you want to achieve. Look at that, a 65% week. That's the stuff you hear about on the internet, right? But that's a good example of, of, of how you adjust things, how it's going to affect both ends of the spectrum, right? It's going to affect your wins, your, your profitability. It's going to affect your losses. And the question is, what do you, what, what's your personal preference? And I can tell you that most traders, and you hear all this junk on the internet about, 65% this week, 100% this week. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to say they're lying. They're, they're, they're doing that. But there's a sacrifice. And there's a reason you hear these people talking all this, this nonsense. And then a month later, you never hear from them again. Because guess what happened? They took. And then the market took right back. And it took everything. So you, you have to find that balance. And one, one is not right or wrong. It's all personal preference. But... One of the reasons I use such a non-aggressive position sizing strategy is for that reason, Naomi, right? I don't want to have bad years. Like, I don't want to have negative years. Like, I, <laughs> like I'm a professional trader. Like, I, I, this, is, this is not a, a hobby to me. This is, this is something that has to ask yourself this question. Would you go to work for a year and not get a salary? How would your life change? That's basically the position that I'm in. Now, obviously, I have a lot of supplemental stuff going on, which helps. And, and that's for safety because you never, I mean, I'm always prepared to take a bad year in trading. I, you just don't know what the markets will give you, right? So I'm fortunate enough to put myself in a position where I can add those safety nets around me, whether it's the, the real estate, whether it's the education, obviously the, I guess you can say the other investments, even though I don't, I don't cash them out. Um, but my goal is not to lose money, right? So for me, I value reducing that drawdown versus increasing those those wins or increasing that profit. So if I were in your situation, I would do the exact same thing, right? If I'm uncomfortable with a drawdown and if I can eliminate that drawdown simply by reducing my risk per trade, and let's assume it doesn't destroy my overall profitability, I would do that because I value safety first. Now, I would also say this, a lot of it's going to depend on your situation, right? I, I again, the, the, 
the older you, in general, the older you get, the less aggressive you, and we did a podcast on this, the older you get, the less aggressive you, you get with your investments, right? That's just in general. Why? Why? Because you don't have time to lose it all and make it back. I think this is a 2020 is a, is a great example of that, where if you're younger, you're like, this is the best time of my life, right? I, I've, I can't tell you how many younger people I've spoken to, and now I sound old by saying younger people, um, where I'm like, dude, this is, this is, this is easy pickings for you. Like you're going to look back 10 years and be like 2020 is what started my wealth because you're getting everything dirt cheap. Right. However, for someone like my dad, my dad is what am I? I'm going to be 35 this year. So my dad's got to be he's going to be turning 65 or 66, I think. Right. He's someone that's had investments for years and years and years and years. He lost a lot during these dips. I hope my dad lives for a very long time, but he doesn't have as much time as me to make up for it. Does that make sense? So a lot of it changes not only on your age, a lot of it changes on your place in the game as well. So again, I'm in a place in the game where I don't want to ever say I'm secure, but the goal isn't to make as much money as I can in trading. The the, the goal that outshines that is don't lose it, right? Because there's a lot, there's a lot, riding on my trading success where in the beginning when i first got started right did it matter if i blew an account i guess it did a little bit but you could afford to be more aggressive you know you could you could afford to be an aggressive when you're trading with like a thousand dollar account because if you blow it you only lost a thousand dollars versus trading a hundred thousand dollar account right you could be more aggressive with less money because it doesn't have as much of an impact on the rest of your life so that's stuff that you need to take into account as well and it's okay to shift it's okay to, to start off with a, a very aggressive risk management position sizing strategy and then later in life be like, hey, now that I've gotten over that threshold, now that I've reduced my hours or I've quit my job, let's dial it down a little bit. Now that I've surrounded myself with other safety nets and, and you're not as reliant on, your, on cashing out your trading income to pay for your life and you can kind of roll it over, let's calm it down a little bit and just focus on keeping this money in the account versus, versus growing it aggressively. And, and, and all that is... It's going to be on a person-by-person basis, Um, but it's a very long-winded answer of saying, I think what you're doing is fine. I think what you're doing is what you're supposed to be doing. You're you're supposed to be fitting your position size um, and your risk management to what you want to achieve out of your equity curve, no matter what that goal is. So I I think you're doing, I I agree with Richard. That was a long, Richard's like, so you're just saying, yes, what I said was right. Yes. (laughs) I agree with Richard. I agree with Richard. but hopefully that provides a, a, a good example of it because it, it, it really is. I mean, life in general is just a give and a take. Trading is the same way. And you just have to be okay with it. I think where people get in trouble is when they want both. How can I reduce my position size but increase my profits while reducing my drawdown? Oh, shoot. When you figure that out, tell me. <laughs> when you figure that out, let me know. <laughs> like you want the best of both worlds, Right. It's like I was talking to my friends the other day, like you want to work from home, but not be bothered by your kids. Like, Sorry, man. <laughs> like that's, that's not going to work. That's part of the agreement. I want to I want to lose weight, but I want to eat whatever I want. <sighs> Shoot. <laughs> Once again, give me give me that diet where I can eat sleeves of Oreos every day and still drop pounds. You, when you figure that out, let me know, because I'll you look, I'll I'll hit up OG. We'll put it together in a nice little marketing package and we'll sell it. <laughs> We'll sell it to everyone. So it's it's like, you know, it's the same thing with like those, you know, it's very similar to that infographic I, I, I posted the other day where it's like the big line of that quick fix, 
Everyone wants that quick fix where lifestyle changes. No one's in that line, right? Just give me the pill. Yeah, you may get addicted and it may cause other things. No, 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 no. Just give me the pill. Give me the pill. So, gotta understand. Gotta understand. Um, we said, do we have a total drawdown, um, consecutive drawdown instead of weekly? Um, that's what I, I don't really care about weekly drawdown. I was just showing that because it was what was on the chart. I look at total drawdown instead of just weekly drawdown. Um, but that's just what happens to show on the money management thing because it tracks. I was tracking it week by week on, on the spreadsheet I showed you. Tracking results week by week. Um, but total, yeah, total drawdown. I don't really, I can care less about weekly, daily drawdown. Total drawdowns, all, all that matters for me. Um, the rest of it, it doesn't, I don't have any weekly limits or anything like that. So I don't really care, to be honest with you. Or daily, stuff like that. Um, Andrew says, what are the things you see on an equity curve straight away that less traders might miss? Um... I don't know. Equity curve is pretty straightforward. I mean, it, it, it's just like a market. It, it, it goes up, down, and sideways. Um, I pay attention more to the dips than the um, than the gains, if that makes sense. I mean, that's what I pay attention to. Again, I'm, I'm very I'm, I'm risk averse, so drawdowns are more important than wins. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't. There's no secret. I just look for a honestly. I want a I want a slow, steady equity curve. Like if it's if it's boring. I like it. Like if it's a if it's a very boring equity curve, I like it. Um, if it's choppy, and you know there's big swings up and big swings down, I don't necessarily like it. That's that's typically going to be a red flag. Um, big swings are going to cause me to potentially, if, if I'm being more aggressive, increase my position size faster. Um, and. Typically, after a big swing comes a big swing in the opposite direction. Um, so I'm increasing my position size as I'm getting closer to losses. I, I don't like that. Um, so I just, I just want to slow in. I, I want an equity curve that doesn't look sexy to your average person. I'm sure Gabby would respect this. Like, I want, I want an equity curve that I can post on the Internet and people are like, okay. I guess that kind of reflects my philosophy in life as well. I just want to kind of do what I do under the radar. Um,